Okay, everybody, I am extra excited today. We have a guest on um, that, you know, and no, I don't say this about all the guests, but this guy knows home service businesses, um, not just as an owner himself, operator himself, but he's built quite the conglomerate of different um, sources and resources of um, growth, both from everything from venture capital to um, uh, publication to consulting. Um, I want to introduce everybody to Seth Garber. And we're going to talk about him a little bit more as we go forward. But Seth, thanks for joining us on the uh, the show today. Yeah, man, uh, Jim, I'm I'm uh, when you invited me on, I was super super excited. So I think you guys are I think you guys are awesome. So thanks for having me, man. So yeah, I'm excited to dive in today. Of course, I want to thank Big Clips for making this happen. Um, we're excited to get get rolling. Um, so today we're going to talk about a few topics, um, really conversational, mostly around the things that maybe we're not doing correctly as we face this next couple of years. It's, there's a lot of uncertainty. You know, I hear people worried about recession. I hear people worried about people changing. We have a lot of fears coming up, but we also have a lot of opportunities. Um, anyone who's talked to me for more than five minutes knows I see this as a huge opportunity, especially on the sales side, the, the tech side, of course, um, on the operations, labor, there's a lot of opportunities. Um, and so we're going to unpack a few things today. Uh, first of all, I'm talking a little bit about Seth, about Pest Daily. I know a lot of you are glass users um, at our glass. Uh, you know, you're a lot of our glass shop owners that use big clips. A lot of you are in the glass industry. Well, one of the reasons I brought Seth into this podcast is because he knows business. Um, I would be confident he could step into any one of our glass shops of any one of our clients and turn the needle and move the needle uh, immediately. So um, Seth, uh, Pest Daily, you're consulting. I want you to talk a little bit about what you do. I'll take a little bit about... Um, where you, what brought you to where you are now and why is it important for for small businesses yeah yeah and so you know it's it's kind of a interesting place jim you know doing doing these kinds of things because like you know people that meet me in the world they're like man you're like super quiet you're super you know humble and 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 the reality is is like you know my past is pretty interesting but you know i always think about things into the future and like what are we doing today that's really impacting people's businesses and their careers and their you know their what their future plans look like and you know and so my background my background kind of all leads into that and you know granted we've had a lot of successes we've had a lot of failures and things like that but but at the end of the day at the end of the day is that you know i've spent a very large portion of my world about my time in the services industries and so we built a arguably one of the most successful privately held pest control companies in a really fast period of time. Back in the early 2000s, I uh, was able to take a really successful exit. Um, and then I moved into the, into the technology space and the education and consulting space. But but the, the thing that was kind of the precipice that I would argue changed my entire trajectory in business, especially in the services industry, is that when I got into the pest control industry, is I never, I owned a pest control company before I had ever done a service ever knew anything about pest control. And I literally just had to go out there and figure it out. Right. And so I had a great partner and we had to figure it out. And, you know, arguably it was the greatest experience looking back of anything, getting into the services industry, because we didn't know who to talk to, where to go to. Right. And so we had to create everything. And that was kind of an interesting thing, which I'm sure we can talk about, but, you know, so after I sold my business in 2012 is, uh, you know, I was fortunate to move into the high tech sector where we scaled uh, in, in the healthcare sector, we scaled up several companies back to back, um, which was great, became a CRO and a board member for really powerful tech companies. Um, and then ultimately, you know, ultimately, uh, you know, I had, I had, for fun, I kind of built a little pest control consulting firm and uh, the, in 2017, and the results for the people that were part of that were remarkable. Um, you know, and so, you know, when, when the, when the, when COVID hit, uh, you know, I took an exit from one of my tech companies and decided that I wanted to build the tool that I never had, which was Pest Daily, which is in today's world, uh, you know, the number one e-learn or learning business tool for pest control industry across the board. We've got over 800 companies that use it um, with huge success. And so, uh, you know, but it's all about building, building the tools that I never had. And that was kind of my passion, which drives me and it's what we're going to do into the future. So today we, uh, we operate that company which is an industry standard at this point. We have a consulting firm which operates in 78 US markets, represents about $200 million of recurring revenue for clients. Um, we have an investment firm, and then we've got a couple of new products coming out of the market, or new companies that we're, we're involved in that will be coming out towards the end of this year. So um, at the end of the day, though, our focus is uh, taking you know, small to medium business, service-based businesses, giving them the tools that allow them to scale 
and compete with the, you know, with the large conglomerates. That's, that's our kind of mission and where we stand today. So I hope that's helpful for you, Jim, and help for, for the audience. Yeah. The things that I liked the most about um, pest daily and about you is that I, I started to dive into your content uh, to learn the pest industry. Uh, we started getting users in big clips and I, I, you know, like you, I, I'm a, a connoisseur of small business. So the the components are the same, but you know, the nuances of the industry, the little differences, the things that, that you challenge. And what I found interesting is that a lot of the content on Pest Daily from the CSR scripting to the the, the flow to like just to managing your business to understanding um, what consumers want to know, what you need to know. To I mean, the, the content was really applicable across the board. Um, I'm not saying all of you got to go jump into Best Daily if you want to check it out, certainly. Um, but what I thought was cool is that you, you, you emphasize a lot um, on scalability, um, on brand, you know, brand, growing your brand, brandability, and the ability to exit. Um, I'm just going to be, you know, vulnerable here. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, Seth's one of the few that got out, right? I mean, some of our listeners right now, you're driving in your truck, you're in your 60s, you know, and a lot of you, I can't tell you how many times I get that phone call. And when I'm talking with shop owners, they're just like, Jim, how, you know, how are we going to get out of this? How are we going to sell it? How are we going to exit? And, you know, we always like to talk about starting with the end in mind and then working back. That's just a good motto for life, right? Like, what are you doing with this business? What's, what's the end game here? Um, and without going down that whole road, which is a great conversation, it's a whole podcast episode, we all know we like the opportunity to either sell, you know, give it to our children in a profitable state, leave a business better than we found it. I'd hope if you're not, if that's not you on this podcast, you should go check out a different podcast for sure. But if you're, if you're here, I'm hoping that's your goal to create a healthy company. Um, and, you know, I, I was fortunate to grow up, you know, with great business people in my life and, and my own ability to grow businesses. And, and it's not as hard as everybody would think. And so I want to talk about a few um, items today that, that Seth over your tenure you have seen a few mistakes, a few of the biggest errors, or maybe the biggest warnings that shops would have as we look down the, the barrel, like let's say you're going to, I've had to exit the next five, six years. What are the things you have to be doing right now um, to create a healthy, profitable company with this new modern consumer? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's a, that's a huge, huge question, Jim. And, and I think it's a great one. And you know, so if, if I'm sitting, if I'm sitting in my company right now and I'm thinking about, hey, in the next five years, what do I really need to do in order to A, increase my revenue, increase my profitability so I can, you know, take the largest exit that I possibly can, or alternatively, you know, turn my product, my business over to my children. You know, I think there's there's a couple of things that like really come to mind. And and I'll, I'll preface since we're we're doing this on this, on this uh, you know, as, as a podcast, I'll preface it, you know, in six months, my mind might change here because that kind of happens because we're in real time, right? You know, but I think I think the very first thing that I would think about is, you know, dealing with the modern consumer is that we have to have an understanding of what that person's thinking, right? So, and so if we want to think about the end and what we're going to do in five years is that we have to un really deeply understand who our consumer is. And in today's world, our consumer is a lot different than they were 10 years ago or five years ago, or for that matter, pre-COVID, right? And so if we're in an industry that arguably people may consider it a commodity and we'll, we'll use glass and, and art, tell me if I'm wrong, if there's, if people don't see it as a commodity, am I wrong there? Or It's a little bit of both. Yeah. It's a little bit of both, but, but it depends on what you're, what you're selling, but, but it doesn't really matter because um, I think just to chime in a little bit for people, we are the commodity now, your brand, your story, the way you make people feel, it doesn't matter if it's glass, uh, pest, home services, you know, pressure washing, um, the commodity, you know, is, is us, the experience is what people want, because we've just been so spoiled by DoorDash and Uber and other ways to consume. And so yeah, I, that's, that's what I love about this. Um, if you're all listening that from pest control to glass, we are all facing down the same barrel right now. Yeah. And so I think like, you know, so as the consumer comes, like, I think so the first thing is we have to really understand this new buyer and this modern buyer and, and, uh, and everyone's going to have their own thoughts here. But at the end of the day, if someone's coming to us for any home service, whether it's glass or pest control or for that other matter, it's like, they don't necessarily want to be calling us. Right. And so they're probably under what you'll, what, what you'll hear me talk about a lot is they're under some type of level of stress in most cases. Right. And so the modern consumer, in order to eliminate stress, we have to put ourselves really where they're at. So whether they're sitting in front of their computer, whether they're picking up a phone and calling us, whether they're going onto our website, they have to, we have to really understand that first before we start to think about scalability, right? And so 
Um, and so too often or not, too often or not, what I, what I see the biggest mistake is, is that we want a consumer to be overly educated in what we do versus simply, versus simply giving them the information they need to make a purchasing decision and helping them go down that purchasing path, right? And so I think if I'm building up a company, step one is that we have to really understand that consumer, that modern consumer, to your point, Jim. I think after that is that then we have to really take a look at that overall experience that that consumer is going to have with our organization. And so what that experience may look like is going to vary from service business to service business. But, but the faster, simpler, and easier that experience is, whether it's buying, whether it's being provided the service, that's what they need. And, and that has to really be communicated with our teams, right? So whether it's our CSRs, whether it's our service technicians, whether it's our installers, depending on the industry, is that they have to understand that experience has to exist, right? Because that experience is going to drive in the future referrals. It's going to get us our reviews and the things that are going to matter to help drive in more customers, okay? So now we're going to, we have to really dive into that deeply. So after we provide the service to the consumer, now we have to go to the next step. And so the next step from my perspective is sitting here today would be arguably is at what level of continual contact do we have with this consumer? So too often, one of the things that I hear is that we'll begin to over communicate with these consumers and we'll want to touch base with them every week or every two weeks, but we have to realize where we fit into their lives and where we fit into their lives as a service provider is to continue to eliminate that level of stress that you hear me talking about. Um, and make their experience where they're not thinking about us unless they either A, meet us or want to refer us to their friends or family or write a review, right? So, so I think we have to also think about how important what we do is in their lives and realize that it probably isn't the most important. So after we go through the way that we're going to communicate, and there's a lot of ways to do this, is that now we have to really run our business in an effective manner. And so now as we get into running our business is that we really, really need to think about what systems we have in place and then take a look at our systems, um, take a look at all of our systems. So how are we providing service? What are our operations look like? How are we handling our bookkeeping? What are we doing from a finance standpoint for some of us that are you know, further down the road, more sophisticated? You know, what does our debt structure look like in these different things? And really start to document all of our processes. Um, and so even in the way that I like to start is from the time someone makes a phone call, how do we do it? How do we handle it? What do we say? Um, and that goes all the way through your operations, through your marketing, through all these different components. And we have to document everything. The reason I say that is that if we have a five-year plan, is that if we want to create the most value for our future acquirer um, or, or to sell the company off, the more documented you are, the more value you can build in your business, right? Because then you can validate your results. Now, so after we go through all of this, I think the next thing we have to do is that we have to really establish what our company's financials financials look like um, as part of the exit. So if you went and talked to your brokers or the brokers that may be selling your company, or you went to, or, or, or for that matter, look at other companies and say, Hey, what are the, what are the key financial metrics that we need to be at in order to get the largest value? So in the pest control industry, it's, it's really, there's a bunch of them, but the, at the end of the day, it's your recurring revenue and then your profit. Right. And there's a lot of things in between there. Um, and so it's how big is our recurring revenue? What do we have contracted? What's our real profit, right? That's going to make you the most valuable. I'm sure in the glass industry, it's different things. And I'm sure in other industries, it's other things, right? Um, and so we have to really know those. And so what I always say is let's take your business today. Let's model it to what we want it to look like within five years. And then let's work really, really hard to get to those models, right? Um, and then at the end of the day, you've really built your plan. Now you need to talk to your you know, attorneys and things like that, but that gets scary for some people. And um, and then really start to decide what it looks like. But, but I think Jim, I think Jim, if those, those kind of couple key things, if we do those really, really well, you know, we're going to set ourselves up for a five-year exit and, and probably get the maximum value. I mean, would, I th I'm sure you probably agree. You've sold companies. Yeah, absolutely. I think what I like to hearing is that you're, you're talking about systems, um, consistency. And I think that that was the only thing I was going to try to add, not that I can add much to, to your wisdom, but I, I think that the, the companies I've seen that have had the most successful, healthy, not only exit, but just great place to work is that it's consistent. Customer knows what they're encountering. And in glass, you know, we don't have as much recurring, you know, we hope we don't call our glass shop that many times. It's more important that when you do need that service, we make it as easy as possible and consistent. So they know they're going to get the same service they had last time. And that's called recurring business. That's called yeah. repeat business, called a strong brand. And so I think to, you know, to, to add to what 
what you just brought to the table, which I think is powerful. I'm talking about your numbers. Like you, you, we have to be clean from start to, to, to finish from birth to death, from, from first call to invoice has to be clean. And yeah, over communication is a problem more often in the industries we find is not any communication at all and sure. clunky communication and a clunky experience. And so next we're going to kind of talk about that a little bit, because I do believe that, um, to be able to sell a company, to be able to build a profitable business, you have to have uh, fans, you have to have uh, customers who are like, they're e they were easy, they were fun to work with, they were consistent. Um, I like that brand. I, I see that logo and I think like that's great. And that's what will ultimately give that value to your company. You have to back it up with your numbers, your documentation, your profitability, of course. But um, at the end of the day, you know, I'll never forget we were looking at buying a company with a nonprofit I work with and I mystery shopped like 10 of his customers, just called them. And they were all like, it was fantastic. Be they're wonderful. They're amazing. Like, and just out of the blue, I just asked for their customer list. I called 10 of them. That was all I needed to hear to say, look, this brand will go, this dog will hunt, you know, there's no way he could pick the 10 that I was going to call. And uh, it was fantastic. And I guess I asked all of you, if I picked up the phone and called just 10 of your customers with how easy was the experience to work with you? Um, how convenient? Would they say, oh, it was as easy as Amazon. It was easy as Uber, as DoorDash, as Delta.com, as Booking.com, as Marriott Bonvoy, as Home Depot to, to have it just ready to grab when I drive by? Or is it phone call, voicemail, phone call, nowhere, text, no response, chat, bot, nothing. Are, are you guiding customers? Are you helping them? Are you showing them what you need? Are you working with them? So and I know a lot of you are like, okay, I'm turning the podcast off. That sounds like a lot of work. Well, we're going to talk about a few things because um, we're not here to tell you to, to make it complicated. So I want to talk about a few items that can help any business listening right now to start building a consistent brand. Jim, hey, Jim, before we kind of jump on to the next kind of topic, you know, when you, when you kind of talked about consistency, it brought me back to this like, kind of story. And I, I think the story could be really powerful for some of the people listening today is like, so, you know, arguably, arguably you guys mystery shop a lot of companies and obviously we have to do that too. And I remember back this uh, one company that I worked with and um, we, we, uh, so we started mystery shopping other competition and he said, Seth, how do we, how do we become more successful? How do we become more successful? How do we grow? And so we started mystery shopping his company over and over and over again, like consistently. I think we mystery shopped him. I want to say 12 or 15 times over a two week period into his CSR team. And here was the interesting thing. The interesting thing is that they answered the phone less than 10% of the time. Um, and it went to voicemail. And now this was a fairly large company. And so at the end of the day, what we found was that we had, we, we got really focused on simply telling them to answer the phone, not even anything else complicated that we're talking about. Right. But just answering the phone. And so fast forward, uh, fast forward 120 days, this company added $800,000 of recurring revenue, annual recurring revenue to their numbers by simply picking the telephone up because you know, when the math made sense in this scenario, so we knew the leads, we knew everything happening and we couldn't really identify what the problem was. And so we're like, let's coach the team. Let's make them better. And the reality was all they had to do was answer the telephone. And so I think like as, as uh, you know, as detailed as we go, uh, I would argue that in the services businesses, if we can pick the phone up or answer an inquiry faster than everyone else and give them any type of experience, even if it's not the best to get started, we're probably going to drive really big results. And, uh, you know, so I wanted to kind of put a little color to that for you because I thought, it, you know, as, as, as cool of a discussion as we're going to have today is, I, I would argue, let's just pick up our phone and answer our leads. Let's start there. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, you're obviously now you now my listeners are like, oh, he just, he just, he just did it. He just opened up a can of worms. Okay. So obviously <laughs> that's my, my entire life. Obviously there's the service station. A lot of you listening that are on the fence, even about service station or like a great call center. Well, I, you know, what if they mess it up? What if they're not as good as us? You're not answering your phones and you're not answering them from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. when people are shopping because you're all at dinner as well. I just did a, a big speaking engagement at the huge conference and the statistics are stifling. Not only will customers not leave you a voicemail, they won't call you back. 
So they're not going to call you back. Go look at my, my huge conference notes. I'm going to have that up in big clips pretty soon. You will be absolutely shocked at some of this, the data that we've pulled sure. from customer behavior. And so not only are your phones and, and the other thing is I know a lot of you are like, well, we get so many calls and then they're garbage and stuff. Well, there are filtering tools, right? There are ways to get around that, but what a, what a cheap investment. I mean, you all spend between 40 and a $200 a lead. Um, so at least get the fish on the line and then hope it, you know, stays, stays with you long enough to, to reel it in. And so, yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more Seth that like that, the number one thing you know, when people are like, well, my business is struggling. The first thing we look at is your phone. If you have a chat bot or how quick are your inquiries coming and how uh, deterring is your website? Like contact us, give me all your information. Tell me you're not a robot. And then maybe I'll call you back. I love that you hit on that and that. Um, yeah, let me, let me, let me add just one more piece before we close this can up on these worms, Jim. So one <laughs> other component, it's a question we get faced a lot on this subject is, is the idea of the idea and now, now for in the glass business, because it's, it's, it's a it ten from what I understand, and I don't know the glass business nearly as well as you guys, but from what I understand is there's a problem, someone has to solve it. And we take care of the customer, get the, get the order placed or the service placed, right? is in the recurring revenue sector, pest control and a variety of others, is one of the biggest questions that gets asked about this, about answering the phone, is like, what if we're on with a current customer? Who do we answer first? Is it a current customer or a lead? The reality is, is that, in, and we've studied this and I'm sure, and there's tons of data about it, is that I would prefer to have all of the leads or net new opportunities answered and have the customer wait. And people are gonna throw things at me and think I'm crazy. But the reality is, is that those people probably aren't going to leave you, right? Um, however, that new customer will never call you again to your point, Jim. And so the people ask this question a lot. They're like, well, how many people do we need? How big does our team have to go? Uh, you know, how do they, and, and of course, we can look at all the analytics and figure out how many people you need by phone calls and all that kind of stuff. But the reality is, is that if a new lead comes in the door, that's the one that gets to, takes priority every single time. So I just want to I want to put a little bit of additional thoughts in here before we before we kind of seal this can of worms up. Oh, that's good. That's now. great. No, that's great. And the ability, the power to put people on hold. You know, just to be able to say, hey, can you hold for just a moment? Um, people always throw things at me too, Seth. They're like, well, how, how dare you put them on hold? No, you know what that says to your current customers? We're busy. We're going. It's, it's <laughs> that that sense of like busyness. People, you go tell them. Go, you see a sandwich shop or a coffee shop that's packed full of people. You're gonna wait in line because that's the place to be. Great. And as long as you treat people with love and they just know you're busy and you're not just like, hold, please, I need to go make myself a latte. You're saying, hold, please, I got to take this other call. They're excited. This is a company I'm glad to work with. That beautiful new you know, coffee shop, there's no one in line. You're like, what's wrong with the coffee? You know, what's, what's going on, right? And so we have to juggle everybody. You have to create that sense of urgency, that feeding frenzy, and that's okay. And you can do it with love and care. And your customers, I couldn't agree with you more on that topic. So you guys can throw stuff at both Seth and I, but we're telling you that's probably your number one area to grow your business. Um, and then teach your people how to qualify garbage from not. And we're not here to plug big clips, but obviously they power this podcast and tools like big clips. There's many others can help you to qualify the right jobs. It can help you where customers don't want to call you as much as you don't want to answer it. So how easy are you making it on them through social media, through the website, through the widgets on your site to just guide them to the things that you need so that when you do talk on the phone, it's three minutes about the product and four minutes about their life and how they're doing and their their kids and the and the things that connect you to them, not five minutes having them repeat the information they put through the website that's already sitting in your email. And don't get me started on that problem. <laughs> so organizing the front end to Seth's point, correct me if I'm wrong, to create that funnel, that front end, that first impression, that connection sets up profitability. It sets up almost everything. Um, and the first impression is not just new customers. We have to re-first impression our customers every time they call. So they don't remember how great you are all the time. So they might confuse the pest guy with the glass guy and they don't know who they're calling. So we have to re-first impress them. And so it, this is just a standard in your company. So I, I hope all of you can take that away. And obviously this isn't the forum for it, but if you need more resources there, dive into Pest Daily get involved. The, the content is credible. They're scripting. And we'll talk about that next. That's something I want to hit on. The scripting that they've provided is driving results. The um, scripting combined with big clips is driving more results. Um, there are a lot of tools out there. Reach out to me personally. You guys have my email in this, in the podcast, reach out to big clips. We are there to help your business 
And if the technology fits, great. They're there to help your business. So great point, Seth. Um, not surprising <laughs> that everybody we talk to who's successful starts with, how's your phone call? How's your first impression? How's that, how is that connection to the customer is the number one thing. Very yeah, good. I love, it. I love it. So next we're going to talk about um, uh, a few other components of that. What We spend a lot of time wasting labor and wasting uh, fuel, uh, something that I want to ask you, um, some of your power users in your own experience, how are ways that you have used either the front end of the business, the customer experience, um, or even just on your executing, how do you cut down your labor and your waste in a high fuel, high labor cost environment? Yeah, what have you seen? Oh, oh, okay. So yeah, I, I thought that was yeah. Funny, so. And the audience. Actually, that was perfect. Everyone just sit and think about it. Yeah. Because <laughs> so. uh, maybe we've been too busy to be like, wait a minute. I don't think we have tried to actually cut the, the labor yeah. down in the fuel. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I, I thought, you know, it's funny as you, as you made that comment, I was like, man, and I was thinking about my operations and I was like, I probably do need to look at these things. Right. I was like <laughs> thinking about it myself, but but, uh, you know, there's also in, in obviously in our world, in our world, these are huge, huge topics, right? And, you know, the, the one thing that we've changed that's really changed over the last call it 24 to 36 months is labor has gotten astronomical. We're, we obviously inflation's out of control and everything's become just become crazy. And, you know, so labor, labor is an interesting thing. Well, all of this is an interesting thing because in the, in the recurring services business is that you know, we, we handle lots of price increases across the nation and a lot of companies are very scared of that and different things. But at some point, at some point, there's a lot of uncertainty today. And so we don't know what the world's going to look like. We don't know if this, this economic, if, if the economic conditions are going to change. We have no idea, right? We can guess, but we can't continuously just raise, keep raising prices to, to handle these things, right? So we can't go to our customers and say, this year, we're going to raise your rates 25%. Oh, by the way, it's halfway through the year. We're going to do that again. Oh, by the way, halfway year, we're going to do it again. Because the reality, what happens is that the, 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 the customer starts to look for other options, right? And then they start to go to companies that may be willing to, to sacrifice profit in order to, to do something cheaper, right? And that's okay. And so like, there's been a lot of things that happened from, you know, from a labor standpoint that we're seeing people to save money. So a lot of them come around, uh, again, systematizing. And so the, the first thing that I think of is the deep use of technology. And so technology from a labor standpoint has become really, really powerful because you can do a lot more with less today. And when I say that, I want to be sure I preface it because doing a lot more with less doesn't necessarily mean we're getting rid of people. What it actually means is that we're reallocating out skill sets and talent into different parts of our industry, into our businesses that help us drive revenue or create a greater customer experience. And so- and so I, I've seen I've seen a lot of companies who have invested who've invested into different different technology tools that do this right. So now I'll give you an example. So one way to really reduce labor right is to utilize some of the systems that have greater routing capabilities right. And so routing has gotten exceptionally exceptionally good. So if you went back years ago, you know routing was very very complicated. It was very difficult. It was all done visually. Well, what's happened now in the world is that people have taken some of the technology that the best logistics companies in the world use, like the Amazons, like the FedEx, like the UPS. And now you're starting to see these very expensive tools being put into systems very, very cheaply, right? Makes a huge difference. Um, you know, so, so we're seeing it a lot there. The other thing that we're seeing is that a lot of companies, like let's, let's use it from a, like a sales standpoint, a lot of companies who were historically using labor to go out onto sales calls have now also said, wait, 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 we're doing that for what reason? The reality is, is that they were, they were servicing that 5% of their customer, not the 95% of their customer who needed them to come out on site and do an inspection or take a measurement or whatever the case may be. Right. And today they're saying, wait, why don't we go ahead and go at risk and say that we're usually right and we need to service the 95%. And the 95% of people are completely fine making a purchasing decision without us having to come on site. And you know what? We might make a mistake. If we make a mistake, we make a mistake. Maybe we take a little bit of a loss on a small job and they're speeding all this stuff up, right? You know, they're, they're using digital signature. They're using, you know, they're using online payment systems and stuff like that that really make a big difference. It's so that's speeding up a lot. And I could probably give you a ton of other examples um, you know, you're seeing a lot of late uh, functions related to your cost of labor being outsourced. Um, you know, one of the, one of the ones that I was posed on a, on another, another interview we did recently is that we dealt, 
in the pest industry on utilizing in-house entomologists, right? Well, the reality is an in-house entomologist is very, very expensive. And it's much, much, much better to use a part-time entomologist, right? Or to use um, a fractional entomologist if you want that type of a function, right? And that really helps drive your labor costs down. And I could go through, you know, roll after roll after roll to do this, you know? But, um, you know, I think that answers your question a little bit related to labor. Mm -hmm. Does that, Jim? Absolutely. Yeah. And you, you brought a couple of really cool points that I hadn't even really realized to say. But yeah, it, it comes down to, I get, in my opinion, you know, running shops since I was a young kid or being involved in this industry since 13 years old, it's really about finding the right customer. I mean, we, yeah, none of the businesses die of, of starvation. You guys are all dying of indigestion. I mean, most, most uh, you start getting your number in Google, you're going to start getting leads. People will talk about you. And then what do you do with those leads? So we're lucky in our industries. And I know some of you are like, I don't get those calls. Well, we, they will come because there's a shortage of, you know, the, the work is plentiful and the workers are few, and that's just the way our service industry is. So the, in my short answer to that is, you know, are you, are you trying to be a Nordstrom to a Walmart customer? No offense to Walmart customers. We we're all on here together. Are you, you know, do you want, what do you want to buy? Are you serving um, a, a high end steak to someone who just wants to pay for a happy meal? Right. I mean, where, where do you fit your customer base? And there are different pest shops. There's different uh, pest shops. Listen to me. <laughs> pest companies. And you know, stuff. there's different glass shops that service different things. You know, you get high end shower enclosures down to like, you know, the, 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 the grinders, you know, and it just depends on where you are with your business, but it doesn't, that doesn't matter. What matters is, um, are you taking those leads and are you sorting them quickly and efficiently? And are you routing them quickly and efficiently? And, you know, some of the stats we've seen it from our vantage point, being a technology company is incredible. The number the the sales per labor hour increase of just handling your front end better is is unbelievable. I just gave a stat at a, at the huge conference that 70% of contractors, that's a big C contractors, spend their time idling, waiting for the customer, get to the house, well, they're not here. Well, of course they're shifty, right? It's 2022, who knows where they are? They might be in an Uber, right? They're not here, they're sitting there. We don't stop and just say, well, what are we putting our time into? Do you know how many phone calls you're missing a day? Do we know how many we're closing over the phone? Do we know how many miles are spent without dollars assigned to those miles? And I think you'd be surprised at the increase in your technician's efficiency without them having to work harder. You know, and that's the key. It's, you know, and don't get me started on add-ons and additional services while you're there. Little things that technology can help you close to add more to the ticket that adds more value to the customer. I agree with you, Seth. I hate when it's just increase price, increase price. Yes. For some of you in here, you have been underpriced since the eighties. You need to get, you need to find out what your market can bear. That's a whole nother discussion. Don't get me started. But for those of you running profitable businesses now, if you increase 20%, you sure as hell better have an explanation or additional service value. Like check out our new online, our new, our new site, look at what we're donating to a nonprofit or Hey, or just be honest with your customers. Hey, fuel and labor up. We're trying to help the environment. So if you can give us these things, we'll help you out quickly. It might not be perfect. Like you said, but it'll get started. There are ways to involve your customers in those savings. So they get a good deal. And so do you. Yeah. You know, you brought up an interesting piece here and like you made me have another thought. So we, we talked briefly, you heard me kind of talk about the kind of 95, 5%, right? And, and what I find so often in these services business is that we're willing to take any customer, right? Because they called us. And, you know, I would argue and people, I've made this statement before, and it seems to be pretty powerful is, you know, when we built our company, what made us really successful and arguably what makes the clients on our consulting side of our business really successful is that we focus on one thing. And so I, I would I would tell you that if I if I work for a national company and I'm in sales, right, and I'm going after and I'll use pest control and I'm going after a pest control client, the number one thing they want to do is find somebody with problems, right? They want to find someone who has bugs. That's what they want. They have insects. We're their company. We're going to fix their problems. Well, that's a very small percentage of the population. And so, one of the things, and I'm I'm saying this because I want people to look at something, think about their business from a different lens, is that the way that we got really successful is that we wanted to find people that didn't have pest issues and weren't going to have pest issues and develop proactive services for those people, which was the 95%. Because everybody else fights for that 5% who's ultimately the wrong customer if you want to be the most profitable. And so I started thinking about it. And as, as we're talking, I, I, you know, again, I don't know the glass business that well, but I've bought glass recently. 
and you brought up the shower enclosures. And so I want to walk you through an experience that I have. So I had re real recently. So we were doing a bathroom remodel and um, a really nice one, right? And, and so I had to buy glass. And so the company, so, and so the, the, the requirement we had is that I wanted it to go floor to ceiling and we wanted three quarter inch thick, which apparently was like not the right number. Apparently it was supposed to be half inch thick. Am I right there, Jim? Yeah. Is that right? So <laughs> oh, I've got this half's bigger than normal. Three eighths is kind of standard okay, and half so, is thicker. So, yep. So I've got this whole thing in my mind about three quarter inch glass. This is what I want to do. So we call the glass company and the glass company comes out and they said, Hey, this is this you don't need three quarter inch. You actually need half inch for what you're going to do. And they're like, you don't even need that. And that's what they told me. And I said, okay, great. We'll buy half inch. I don't know. I'm nervous about falling and it breaking. I don't know anything about glass. And so, but here was the thing. So it was very expensive, right? My experience was terrible. So I said, here's what I want. They gave me great recommendations. They sent somebody out, a salesperson. He measured, right? He measured and said, hey, I'll have to get you back with a quote. I said, great. I said, when? He's like, I'll get it back to you tomorrow. He didn't get it back to me tomorrow. It took him a week to get it back to me. Then they wanted to ask me a whole bunch of questions about the type of glass that I wanted. And the reality was I had no idea. I'm an uneducated consumer as it relates to glass. And so they're expecting me to be the subject matter expert on glass when the reality, all they had to simply do was say, hey, this glass is this much money signed now. And I was willing to make a purchasing, purchasing decision that day right then, right? And the fact is, is that my experience was brutal, right? And so then, and so I ultimately did buy the glass. I ultimately spent a lot of money. It took me about, about two and a half weeks to actually make a purchasing decision. So there's no way, and, that, and that's because it, it took them two and a half weeks to get me a proposal. And then I had to sign it. That's how fast I signed it immediately. But the reason I bring it up was this, is that as part of that same experience, the glass company that we had out, I had to get another, I had to get a piece of glass cut for a piece of furniture that was another thick piece of glass. Um, it's a big cabinet. And the guy goes, well, I'm going to have to look into that. Dude, it was the same thing. Like I'm ready to make. And so it took me another three weeks to buy that piece of glass from the exact same sales rep, right? But the fact is I could have bought this all if they would have been able to give me the information then on the spot, right then and there. Dude, I, they would have had a purchasing decision immediately, right? And so as you talked about it, I, I started thinking about my experience and I said, you know, I am the 5% of the customer who not everyone wants to chase but I'm also going to make a really quick decision for probably a lot of money. Right. So I don't know. I wanted to get on my soapbox there for a second for you, man. So I don't know. No, this is, this is okay. First of all, caveat everyone. This is literally the first time I've heard this story. So I did not, <laughs> you know, pay Seth to tell us this. Um, it couldn't be more perfect, but uh, Sorry, first man. of all, first of all, um, yeah. You know, my three antages for glass shops, make it easy for people to trust you, make it easy for people to buy from you, make it easy for them to pay you. Those three things go really far. Secondly, had you just sent me a picture of your shower set, I don't even know this, I would have had it est estimated and quoted within a 10% accuracy within like 10 minutes. So uh, no, and I know everyone's on here like, well, what if it's out of square? Okay, <laughs> so the $30 difference doesn't matter to Seth Garber. Okay, I would say yeah. I throw 50 bucks on it. Hey, get Seth, this is $3,500. It might be 3000 when we're there, but is this about what you're thinking? And look at this 3D picture, right? And look at our company and look at this before and after of a door I did just like yours. Oh, that's right. Through Big Cliffs with three clicks. Like that can just be replicated because everyone listening, and I know you all know I know this, you know we do the same thing over and over and over and over again. So make those over and over again consistent. And that's the power. So I, it used to take me all day to quote five or six showers. And I go home and I have to write them all up. And then I call Seth. Well, guess what? He doesn't pick up the phone. That is why technology exists. But now we can do 20 showers in a day and everyone gets a quote within minutes. I mean, it, it does not have to take that as long as it has. Well, well, there's another important part here, Jim, that I think people have to really understand. You heard me talk on the consumer, consumer who your consumer is at the very beginning, right? And here's the other part that I think that we have to remember is that we live in our box and what we do for business, right? So we live in our box. What, people, what those people didn't realize who put me through this really, really tough process was the fact that every single 10 minutes moving forward for the next two and a half weeks, my wife is asking me, Hey, did you get a quote yet? Hey, are we going to get it on time? Hey, is my shower going to be ready? Like, do you know how painful that is? And like, we oh forget gosh. that that's the experience. I love my wife. Don't, don't, don't get me wrong. Oh no, it, that's normal. Of course you just need to shower. It's, it's the last piece of your entire bathroom project. It's so <laughs> painful, man. And it's the same thing in the pest industry, right? Like, like, you know, people are freaking out. And like, if you've got ants in your kitchen, 
Like last thing that they ever want to hear you talk to them about is, oh, what kind of ant is it? Hey, what do you think is oh causing the ant? Have you cleaned up your house? Like, but this is the stuff we're talking to people about. And it's just creating more and more stress and giving a worse experience, driving your labor costs up and costing you a ton more money. So, all right, yeah. I'm off my soapbox, yeah. man. No, it's okay. <laughs> but, but listen, everybody, like, you know, our product is how customers feel when they encounter yeah. us. That is our product. And what Seth is saying is they were feeling like they want to spend some money on wrap this up. I mean, who cares at that point? You're already into this remodel. Secondly, the two weeks it took to get the quote could have been the two weeks. You guys probably had to wait three or four weeks. I mean, the, the, the supply chain is so long. So you already know that. And what we're trying to say, everybody, is that you can develop that trust and you can tell them they don't want to know. Again, that's the best part about pest. Uh, in fact, one of the things been helping me learn the pest world right now is that I don't care about the bugs. I care about you are scared, like you're, you feel icky. And how do I help these pest companies to tell the customer, we are going to make you feel better because we know this. We are going to dominate that bug in a healthy and safe way that it's not going to hurt your children or, or animals. And we're going to do it quick. We're going to cover our shoes when we come in so that spouses aren't worried or people aren't worried about tromping through homes and around yards. And, and we're going to tell you what's going to happen. And so this is not rocket science, everybody. And you're right. And so that's one thing you just brought up. Well, we got to drive around and look at it. The number of showers we go and measure level spent, he probably spent 30 minutes in your house right? Um, that, that could have been spent like, you know, as you made that purchasing decision, which we're proving statistically, customers are buying like three and $4,000 showers before we even come to the house. Then we hone it in and we get the final number dialed in, like Seth alluded to earlier, they're spending 200, $300 on barrier sprays and stuff that, that end up only being 120. I mean, customers are showing us they're willing to give money to companies they trust. They gave them a good, preferably, online interactive a little video just something to talk about you and we have technology everybody all the owners on these call listening to this right now you can do a selfie and give your best presentation that you want every customer to see or maybe it's your son or your daughter maybe it's your estimator whoever the company gives the best presentation of your company hold up your cell phone and have them present to you why they should trust you put that onto youtube drop that into big clips and now everybody gets that trust factor. Um, a lot of you are like, well, we don't like technology. I guarantee you send a picture of a fish to a friend or a video to your children, or you got on Facebook or Instagram. We, we all know how to do this. And we have to get out of ourselves. I think this is really the moral I hope you are all walking away with. I'm certainly encouraged. We have to get out of the way we have done it and not die of that indigestion and look at our companies with a new set of eyes. And that's what separates guys like Seth Garber and people I look up to. They, they're not afraid to look at their company differently. You know, they're not afraid to make a big change and take a, a little bit of a risk, even when times are good. Because most of my life, I saw my father praying that we have enough work to get by because the service industry has not always been COVID times. And we can't forget that, that we've had a lucky few years for those of you, any of you that actually made profits. I mean, you got through two busy years and don't have anything to show for it. Um, now moving to this next five years, we have to be healthy. We have to build a brand that matters and we have to build something that's scalable. Um, and so you couldn't have hit that more on the head. And thank you for that story. Uh, that's very applicable. <laughs> and yeah, so, so what I a great no way to bridge. Yeah, I bridge had no idea companies. about your three principles, man. I just totally threw out my experience. Oh, it's, so it's, I'm, uh, I'm glad that those are the principles you guys are following. I love it. <laughs> People ask why we sell, why I sell showers. Well, I, cause I don't talk about the details of like the actual shower. I just talk about, Hey, it sounds like you really want to get this, this done. I'd say, you know, and, and it's empathy. It's you guys are, it's expensive remodel. We want this to look beautiful. This is your bathroom. You know, it's more here we go. And then I'm not going to hand you a book this thick of hardware. I'm going to pick two or three options. I think you're going to best fit what I heard you say. And this is this close. How are we doing? They're like, I love that one. Thank you. You know, if you were adamant about three quarter inch or one inch glass, it's a great, 20 grand, Seth, I'll get you a one inch glass, but I'm telling you, you don't need it. But if that makes you feel good and you have more money than I do, then I'm not going to stop I, you. I mean, arguably, I think he did the right thing because like he did, of course, half, half inch piece of glass. I probably, I probably still don't feel like I could probably fall into that and break that. I probably could have went to, what did you say? Three eighths inch is what you're supposed yeah, to Yeah. Uh, if you had gone three eighths of the thinner one, you went half inches the middle. And then obviously you could go up to like a one inch or something, which would be ridiculous. I want to make fun of you. And we have to have special hardware manufacturer. My it point is what's the value of you showering every day and worried? What's that value? And it's not that we guys and everyone listening, like, well, we wouldn't have done a one inch glass. I'm not, you don't listen to that. My point is, if then you're going to educate Seth that he is safe, you need to show him he's safe at the half inch threads. You just need to, to make that very clear. Again, a little personal video. Hey, Seth, 
you're going to be safe. Here are some of the easy schematics that I pulled online, right from CRL website. Here are some of the, the, the weight bearances, et cetera. I know you and your children are going to be safe. You don't have to worry. If it breaks, it'll break into a million pieces. No one will get cut. Um, is that, does that make you feel better? Cause I want to make sure every time you shower and you think of this company that put it in, you're happy. Like, what's that? What's that going to take? Where are we? Are we asking that question? Or are we just going, do you want the $2,100 one or the $3,000 one? Like, I don't know. It just has a bunch of technical details or, or pest science. I don't know what the differences actually are. Right. And so, um, yeah, you know, you've kind of done it. You've opened up two cans of worms today, to Seth, but the sorry, truth is man. that is, sorry, no, it. don't, don't be sorry at all. Those the truth is the listeners on this podcast. And a lot of you know who you are that are absolutely crushing it. Healthy businesses. You're laughing because you have solved this front end. You have solved and you're getting reviews, five-star reviews in mass. You're getting YouTube video views, your SEO is driving and your technicians are making more money because you have profit and you can pay them. I mean, some of our best clients right now do not have a labor problem they pay their people really well because they've cut the fat out of the parts of the business. Like you said, they didn't fire anybody. They just moved them to other parts so that the machine actually produces health. And so what you put into your body is what you get out. What you put into your business is what you get out. So yeah, yeah um, really good topics. Um, we're gonna, you're going to see a lot more of Seth coming down the pipes. Everybody, um, I do want to just give a little bit of plug. So Pest Daily has partnered up with BitClips, who makes this show happen. Um, he's put his proven um, ISR scripting and process with little training videos right inside the platform. Uh, it's proven to take the numbers up. I'm going to talk about that a little bit. But what I love about this joint venture with Pest Daily is that we're seeing the numbers delivering. And so all the pest control listeners who are on this call um, or chiming in or want to watch us in the future, we're not only just giving you some technology moving forward. Seth has stepped in and generously been helping us to give the best practices with it. And that is just the powers. It's not just a bid clips or technology. It's being involved in a pest daily. I'm having the right technology, having your people saying and, and connecting with customers the correct way with empathy. That can all be yours for less than a pick of gas. And so that's for another time, not on this show, um, but please reach out to us. But Steph, let's talk a little bit about the power of pest daily. We're working with some technologies as you guys continue to grow your, your movement. Yeah, sure, sure. So, so I wanted I wanted to kind of touch on what you said there, and I know that you guys have. I mean, I know that there's been a lot of uh, kind of marketing pieces going out and stuff like that related to the results. Um, but I want to I want to talk just briefly about the why behind um, behind why I think why why I was really excited. I know this isn't a big clips, you know, you know, advertisement, but I want to talk about it because I was on this. So for a couple of years, I, I obviously spent a lot of time in the services industry and then moving to the tech world, but I've been searching for this kind of conduit that takes the kind of the old way of buying and meets the modern buyer, but then more importantly, future proofs uh, the services based businesses for the, for what's coming. And so, you know, for a lot of industries, it makes really logical sense to go to a website, make a purchasing decision and move on. Right. And however, when you really get into the studies and a lot of the, a lot of the, the, uh, the CRM companies and a lot of data companies have come back and said, you know, pest control consumers are slowly adapting to buying online. They're slowly adapting. And so I knew that. And so, um, so one of the things that I found is that I think for bid clips is that by utilizing the systemized approach is that we create the conduit between what I would call the modern buyer today and then the buyer of the future. Because arguably they say 19% of people are willing to make a pest control buying decision online today. However, that consumer needs to have the ability to have stress eliminated and be able to choose their own adventure as it relates to purchasing. And so the way I looked at bid clips as a whole, when I ran into this technology, because I've been thinking about how to build this thing, is I said, what if we, what we've really created is we've created an omni-channel buying experience for any consumer to buy any way they want. So if somebody wants to go online and buy, Great, they can do it. If somebody wants to go online and buy direct and have an interaction immediately with CSR, they can do it. If somebody who just wants to transact online, cool, they can do it. And they get to make that decision. And so we're actually servicing all the different ways a consumer wants to buy. And then I think what we've also done is that we've, again, created that conduit between all the other technologies that exist and a website. So all the money that you're spending now converts faster. And so Jim, we talked about the data, right? And so I wanna be sure you guys get this and hear it from me. And so, you know, arguably, and, and, and I know we've talked about it, is that we studied thousands and thousands of calls and, and we established that the, the stuff that we had put into your systems, our scripting, 
can typically close at 75.6% on any inbound inquiry, right? But, and so when I started thinking about bid clips, I started going, well, can we get just a little bit of a change? Can we help get two, three, four, 5% better? In fact, the fact is, Jim, and, and I know you guys already know this, the fact is, is that we're seeing close ratios um, up into the 85%, uh, the 85% rate now for those companies um, that are going through the system and through the widget. And so I know that wasn't the, what your question was. I know the question was more related to what we're doing, but the reality was that I want to be sure that the listeners understand that, you know, in our sector and potentially, you know, the guys that aren't using you in the glass sector should look into this because it's pretty powerful. Um, but related to Pest Daily, I mean, uh, you know, we're, you know, we have a tremendous amount of content in there. Uh, you know, it's a, we have, I think, close to a hundred courses. We've got another hundred courses scheduled this year coming out. Uh, the top contributors really in our industry are all part of it and lots more are coming. Um, you know, and 800 companies are using it today and uh, it's pretty powerful. So I'm not sure if that answers your question. You might've asked about something different, but uh, <laughs> sorry about that. That was, that was my, my soapbox pitch, which I never really did. It's great. You know, we can't be, we can't be ashamed of what's working, you know, and, and like I said, it, 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 not every company is the same, but I would say most all companies need to, to meet that, that question that Seth was asking even before he saw bid clips. And that's why bid clips exist. That's why we have jobs it, because we see that you don't just, you know, chatbots are the death of home services right now. I'm sorry, podium, no one listening. Uh, you, if you don't have people to respond, the technology can be great. Nothing's there. Answering calls, if you're not answering them or you're botching it, that's not right. We need that nice hybrid that hits every consumer. And today's modern and that's and that was that was our call to action as big clips to bid is to earn clips is to show they show us we earn it we show them what we're going to do it's the simple it. junior high school education level <laughs> and um so no but what's really cool about the past daily relationship is that content is that that criteria you know big clips is a platform right you need you need to put it in for your we wanted each company to do it their way that's the best part you don't all have to do it the same way you you, you can work with five different companies they use it five different ways with that being said for our pet shops listening right now I would, it's really important you're involved in Pest Daily. It's really important you're involved in the, in the information and the content. It's really important you're involved in a bigger group. You do it alone, you're not going to go very far. And that's that power. And then blending that into our platform has got me just so excited to help the pest world. Because the truth is, there's so many operators out there. You're tired. You like what you're doing. You can't quit. You got all these great customers that you go back to. Um, and, you, and you're trapped. And you don't have to be trapped any longer because this is easy and it's inexpensive. And it fits everybody from the one-person company to the giant pest conglomerate. And so um, if you want more about that in the description below is both information for Pest Daily for you, information for Seth, um, for those of you that might be looking to some consulting, uh, as well as Big Clip. That's what Today in Trades is. It's the leaders of the future. The ones that look at this modern customer and say, what are we going to do? Your competition isn't the other people listening to this podcast. It's not the other companies anymore. It was in the 80s when we all... You know, you get to that house, you got the job. That's not it anymore. You are competing with customer buying behavior. You're competing with customers' emotions more than ever. And you have, your story is more important than it's ever been. And a lot of you driving right now, you're humble, you're quiet. You know, like Seth was talking about earlier. And that is important. That's what built you as service workers. But you also have incredible stories. Some of you have been in business for 5, 10, 15 years. You have raving customers. And for the new person... They need to know that. And what we're also finding statistically, again, go to bigclips.com, is customers are willing to pay more. These modern customers are willing to pay more than any customer has ever wanted to pay before because of how much of a shortage um, of just good quality home service because they're afraid. We're, we have fear of coming in the home. Like you said earlier, um, they're, they're anxious. You know, we need to calm those nerves and then we can, we'll find more patience, we'll find more profitability and we'll find a long-term brand. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, I hope all of you enjoyed today's podcast. Seth, this, is, this has been a huge treat for us. Um, I, I can't believe you had the glass story in there that like made my day. Um, I didn't make my day because I feel bad for you. And I'm glad we didn't take, sell what shop it was. And if you're listening, definitely give me a call. We'll, we'll make it better. Um, but the truth is that story is the story of so many clients we walk into. So thank you for sharing that. Thank you for being available. And thank you for all your help with both Big Clips and our podcast. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. Jim, it's been an honor to be here today. And, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I was really glad to hear have you invite me and, uh, you know, I'm really glad to see, hopefully it supports a lot of people and, uh, and helps them, you know, think about their business through another lens. So thanks again, man. I appreciate it. 
Absolutely. So looking forward to the future. We've got all sorts of uh, new casts coming up. Um, we're going to be talking about sales velocity a little bit further. I know a lot of you liked uh, that episode. We're going to be dialing into some more scripting, some of the points, um, you know, how to send messages, you know, proper can messages, et cetera. So there's a lot more to come for today in trades going into the fall. I'm also going to be heading to a lot of different shows. Stay tuned for more. We, we love all of you and I hope you have a great day and keep smiling, keep serving. Keep serving.